Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest Sky F1 podcast, and it is a VE Day special. There we go, Johnny. You've not got the Union Jack with you. Uh, I was hoping to bring a tricolor along too for our French friends across the channel because I'm delighted to say that joining us are Esteban Ocon and Cyril Abitbull from Renault. Guys, how are you? How are you keeping and where are you? I was just going to say, are there some bottles of burgundy in the back there, Cyril? <laughs> You're, you're a liar. You can't see any burgundy from where, we are, where I am, but uh, you're, you're well documented indeed. I am, uh, hi everyone. Hi Simon, hi Johnny. I'm in, uh, indeed in, uh, in Burgundy uh, from a remote place in the countryside where I'm uh, observing my own uh, lockdown and shutdown uh, at the same time since, uh, since a few weeks now, since we're back from Melbourne, really, seven weeks a life ago. Um, so that's where uh, life has been. And life, life has been good, if, I, if I'm fair, given, what, given the circumstance, given what uh, a number of people are, are experiencing. But, uh, but yeah, so can't complain, but uh, busy days still, despite uh, with all that's going on in our world. Yeah. What about you, Esteban? Where, where are you uh, holed up for the moment? Yeah, well, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm surviving, let's say. Uh, it's starting to, to get pretty long, of course, but uh, you know, it's it's best for everyone. You know, we're in lockdown since uh, since the beginning with my family. I decided to join uh, here in Normandy. Uh, everyone, I think it's important to be close to your loved ones uh, at those uh, difficult times, and that's what I did. So we are all healthy, and that's the most important at the moment. Yeah. What about you, Cyril? What are you, what have you been uh, up to? What interests have you found? Have you got any new interests you found in this lockdown? No, I, I wished, I, I dreamed to have, you know, I'm reading those, those people, you know, who managed to, to read all the books that they wanted to do or, you know, go through a, a, do, go deep dive into a, 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 you know, a director in, in movies, but absolutely no, none of that. I have, uh, I'm very lucky to have uh, two very young daughters uh, and Formula One. So that's actually uh, two things that are very high demanding in terms of, uh, of time and workload. Two factories also to, to look after, even though those two factories are not doing much. Uh, right now, still, it's uh, it's a lot of, of questions to be addressed. What do we do with the staff? You know, uh, lockdown, shutdown, uh, you know, unemployment, furlough, all of that. You know, that was the first wave of uh, of being very busy, and now we're starting to to see the light. Plus, all of the discussions with uh, my my friends from uh, from kindergarten. I'm not talking about the daughters, but I'm talking about uh, the other TPs and uh, FIA and Formula One and doing um, good things. I hope for for the sport. So. No new hobby, I'm, I'm afraid. No, what about, what about I, won't, I won't go to Esteban, but I'll come to you first. Where did all this start off with motorsport or F1? We, we all love F1, but where did it start for you? Was it always a dream to get to F1 or was it in another direction originally? You know, I, I know the risk I'm taking of not being very popular, but no, let's be honest, it was not a particular dream. I love uh, Formula One, but just like I love a number of sports, I love, I guess, uh, first and foremost, uh, cars. I love, love cars. I mean, as, as an object, I find cars absolutely uh, beautiful, inspiring. It's, uh, it's really a crossroad of, uh, of technology, of, uh, uh, of what, what man is capable of doing, of lifestyle, but uh, also beautiful object uh, and something that provides uh, emotions. I love sports also. Um, actually, more sports that uh, you can do uh, outside and not uh, when you're locked down. Things like uh, windsurfing, skateboarding, uh, things that are a bit, you know, dangerous, that are an expression of, of yourself and also of an attitude, uh, not just uh, results driven, but also the way that you get there, uh, the risk that you accept taking, uh, the gamble uh, also that sometimes you take. 
And, uh, but Formula One has always been there, a bit as the backdrop of, uh, of my life, to, to be honest. I didn't have a, a father or, or an uncle or a grandfather that was passionate about Formula One. But it comes that uh, I, was, I was alone as a child, didn't have any, any brother. My parents were, uh, were also separated and spending a bit of time on Sundays watching that uh, every, every weekend. And uh, that was a, a backdrop to, to my life, to, to be honest. And uh, uh, just like uh, automotive was changing, Formula One was changing, I was changing with it. And it's something that was always in the back of my mind. And uh, at some point, it happened that I was, uh, I was given the opportunity to get in contact with that backdrop. Uh, with that uh, stage, uh, let's put it this way, of my uh, childhood, and um, that's how it started. And uh, get uh, you know used to it, and uh, getting the opportunity to meet the people because Formula One uh, is a sport, but it's also a number of people and fascinating people and characters uh, in that small little paddock. Uh, you know, fantastic egos, and that's what I uh, probably love more than anything uh, about about this sport. Do you know what the beauty of these podcasts is that we get to spend a bit more time, you know, getting into, you know, deep diving into your situations, your love of motorsport. And of course, two Frenchmen here, both with a love of motorsport. But you know, that's interesting to hear from from your side, Cyril, that you know you had a love of other sports. What you know, whether it, whatever it might have been. What about for you, Esteban? Growing up, I mean, we we hear all the time about your karting. But were there any? Was it was it always tunnel vision towards that, or you know, you got a a big fan of other sports too? Um, no, it was definitely always Formula One on my side. Um, you know, when you are a kid, normally you want to be astronaut. Then a month later, you want to be a footballer or, um, I don't know, whatever, a cooker or, or, you know, something like that. But uh, it's always been for me uh, Formula One. That was the only thing I was saying in school. I want to become a Formula One driver. And uh, I think the competition in karting just didn't make it uh, different you know it was uh, always trying to to get uh, that victory in karting and always trying to to do the best so um yeah it always stayed like that yeah that's the thing with um, you know we all talk about some some of you guys it's such an early start isn't it now into the process it's like in football you know the guys get picked up when they're sort of seven or eight if you don't start early enough it's almost like you're at a disadvantage when you say that's the case well, some, some of the drivers uh, started later, you know, some of the professional ones. Um, but of course, the earlier you start, the better, the better it is, you know, because you are straight away in it and uh, you can have more experience over your life of doing different things. That's, that's the way I see it. And on my side, I started when I was four and a half. So it's a long, long time ago uh, that I'm sit, sat on a, on a go-kart or something with four wheels that, uh, that flies over curves and stuff. But uh, you know, it's been enjoying. It's been a hell of a ride, and yeah, I can't uh, can't wait to get some more memories now. Yeah. What about influences? Who who were the guys that you looked at when you were watching it on TV? Uh, always been Michael. Um, what if I said uh, Johnny Abbott? Always been Johnny yeah, Abbott. I know you're denying. <laughs> <laughs> no, Johnny, it's, do yourself it's a disservice. You do yourself a disservice. The truth does hurt. I can cope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> no, it's, it's always been Michael, and, and this is why, um, you know, my helmet colors are always the same, uh, which is the, the red fluo. Uh, always come from, from Michael. That design, I always... Uh, you know, I changed a few bits, you know, to, uh, to make it um, more suitable to me. But the base design is always his. 
And um, yeah, that was the guy I was always looking uh, looking after when I was watching Grand Prix. And I had these small cars, you know, I was playing with them in front of the TV uh, while I was watching the Grand Prix. So yeah, fantastic. What about those helmets behind you, Esteban? Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about them? Are they, what, why Wait, are they you? I show you, I show you. So um, this one is uh, one of the first tests I've done in Formula One after the Lotus days. Um, yeah, but if you want to grab them down, if you want to bring them down. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. <laughs> well, it's the, it's the wrong brand at the moment, but uh, yeah, that was a 2016 test uh, with Mercedes in Silverstone. So that was the one. Okay. This is um, French Grand Prix. Yeah. So 2018 French Grand Prix. Yeah, I remember yeah. that one. Um, then we have Piste of Art, Fernando's from Mexico. Nice. So we, have a cool, uh, we have a cool little word. Uh, Esteban, it's a pleasure to share the track with you. Um, looking forward to do uh, many more again, Fernando. <laughs> there it is. Nice. nice. And to the point, Johnny, when I, I'll just do it again, I'll just get my Fernando cap out there. There we go. It doesn't say a pleasure to share the track with. On the most <laughs> last one. <laughs> and this one is probably the, um, the most important one in, in my collection. Um, this one has won um, Formula 3 European Championship. It has won uh, GP3 uh, 2015 and has done... DTM half a year, so it's the longest helmet I kept and the one I, I won the most title with. So that one is pretty important. Well, hopefully there's going to be many, many more of those to add to the I'm, yeah, sure well, there will be. I'm sure there will be. Yeah, plenty. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I know you're probably hoping, Cyril, this is the start of a beautiful relationship, albeit a, uh, a delayed start to that. Um, you know, I know he's there. But you can say some nice things if you want. I mean, you must have high hopes for the future of Esteban. Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, it's not just because he's there. He knows, he knows, uh, he knows the job that he has. He know, uh, he know where we are, the journey, what uh, what he has to do on track, but also off track. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not denying the fact that we are still in the making. There is still an awful lot that needs to be done at uh, at the team level, and we need uh, we need aspirational drivers. Uh, you know, I don't believe. Uh, uh, frankly, that it's uh, just a job of a team principal to to lead the team. It's actually probably the, more the job of a driver to also do that, because at the end of the day, we've got uh, a bit more than 1,000 people uh, who are working uh, day in day out uh, for something, and that something is the two drivers who get the responsibility to drive the race car. So, uh, you know, it's very much at the back of our mind uh, to uh, uh, when we, we we go for drivers. Uh, clearly, his his pace, his uh, his talent. But, uh, but also uh, his, his attitude of track and that's uh, very much what I can already say about Esteban. I can't say much about the on-track yet with us. You see, I know what he's done with, uh, with Force India, with Manners and in, uh, in, uh, previously in his career. But what he said, what he's done already with, with us is invaluable. I mean, the, the way that uh, he walked into the factories and maybe a bit more so in the French factory in Viry and immediately the sort of halo of, uh, of goodwill, of trust, of uh, loyalty, of, uh, of pride uh, that, uh, that, that worked with, with him through the, the factory. It's quite unique. I mean, frankly, uh, that was remarkable when, uh, for the first time, Daniel uh, walked into the factory in the UK in Enstone. But it's equally uh, remarkable, uh, the sort of attitude of Esteban when he walked in in, in the factory in, uh, in France, probably for different reasons. 
but uh, those two aspects, this combination is very exciting to, uh, uh, to, uh, to wait to see. I can't wait to see that in action, unfortunately. I need to wait a bit more. And Cyril, obviously with, with Danny Rick in the, in the other seat, testing went very, very well. A lot of people are expecting you to do some really good things uh, for the first couple of races. What's the situation with Danny Rick? How hard are you going to fight to keep him? Because there's already rumours about him moving on. Well, yeah, I guess you're referring to the silly, silly season that has started before yeah, the really racing <laughs> season. Now, is it the first time in history? Um, well, you know, it's uh, we like Daniel. You know, I think Daniel embarked into a, into a project that was uh, that was very clear from day one, and that project is clearly. Uh, uh, uncomplished both at the, at the team level and I guess uh, at uh, also at Daniel's uh, level. Uh, he, in particular, the circumstances are very strained in the fact that the season has not even uh, started. So we are literally not even halfway or just halfway into, uh, into what we, we need to do together and already we need to think about uh, the future. And we're thinking collectively. I mean, it's, uh, uh, I, I like to think that we can do more together. We can accomplish more together, get more results than what we've done so far. But clearly, the intention. Uh, but having said that, you know, we uh, we we are we have a strategic plan. Uh, that plan was around a, a substantial investment for the 2021 car. It, it happens that it's not 2022 because the rules are, are delayed by a year. It doesn't mean that uh, we are dropping the ball on what we need to do this year and next year before 2022 because it's just iterative. Uh, that that's very clear. We lack Daniel to be part of that construction, but clearly we know that we need to focus on what's been missing so far to the team and what's been missing is not the pace of, of the drivers, clearly. Uh, so the focus uh, in, the, in the next two seasons will have to be on, on the hardware uh, to make sure that any drivers that we have in the future get uh, the best that we can offer so that we can, uh, we can meet uh, everybody's expectations, starting with mine, starting with Renault in 2022. You said, though, um, Cyril, there's more to come, recently being quoted as saying, there's more to come on your journey or on Renault's journey with Daniel. However, pre-corona, you were saying, look, it's going to be a judgment call on the first few races on his future because he's out of contract. Will his wage demands, do you think, be a, be a problem going forward as we move into a post-corona world and, and maybe a bit of a reset? Well, I, th I think we'd like, uh, all of us would like to have a bit more uh, information, uh, more intelligence uh, about the situation as we indeed need to uh, project ourselves in, in the future. Um, we, as you were mentioning, Johnny, we were, uh, you know, out from, from a good testing campaign, but uh, left with absolutely no, no answer as to the, the actual competitiveness of the car and of, of the team. Uh, I think uh, we would like to know more. But, but again, we will, we will be focused on what we have to do, which is best for, for the team. That would be the team first uh, before, uh, you know, any given individual. Even, uh, clearly, uh, Daniel, like Esteban, have to play a huge role in what, uh, in what we need to do. Uh, and we've got, you know, as, as everyone knows and expects, we've got a number of discussions, just like he's having a number of discussions. Uh, we also uh, have an academy, a Young Driver Academy, in which we have invested a lot. The purpose of that academy was to be able to bring a talent into Formula One by 2021. The 2021 is actually next year. That's uh, another option. Uh, whether it's an option that we take or not, uh, we will see that uh, later. Uh, but we can't, you can't, we can't have you know the whole process, the whole strategy of Renault, uh, be uh, uh, you know be down to the decision of one single man. That's that's for sure. Even if that single man uh, matters a lot to me. 
Yeah, and Esteban, obviously, having a teammate like Danny Rick, one, one part of it is what's it like working with him? And the second part is we all know you're a very, very hard racer. How much are you looking forward to racing, Danny Rick? Well, I'm definitely looking forward, but um, not the first uh, few times that we work together. It's been, it's been really good. You know, the energy in the team is, uh, is very nice um, at the factory. It's really good fun because uh, you, can't, you can't be uh, uh, mad at him at any point. You know, it's just, uh, it's just a laugh, that guy, you know. The first time I met him uh, at the factory, I, I don't know if I told you the story, but I turned around and I heard, catch! And uh, I got the bottle in the face. I didn't catch it, but, you know, that's the first time I saw him at the factory. So he's a, he's a good laugh, you know. Once everything starts to get uh, very professional, then um, he's very serious, but that's normal. Um, we all want the same thing is uh, for us to, uh, to be doing well on track. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to racing. It's a great chance for me to, to be able to uh, compare myself against one of the best. And uh, I judge Daniel as one of the best. He's won races, he's done pod positions. So yeah, it's going to be cool to, to work alongside him. Tell me, though, how proud does it make you both feel to be Frenchmen, one, running, for, you know, the French team, and the other one driving for a French team? Does that, I mean, would you, you know, it's the kind of thing, isn't it? I suppose it's almost ideal for you to be in that position. Is, is this something that you dreamt about when you were, when you were kids? Cyril, Come go on. ahead. Start with that. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit like the Ferrari side of things, isn't it? I mean, if you, you know, if you're a passionate Italian, you want to drive for, or you want to, to work for Ferrari? Is that the same way with Frenchman and Renault? It has to be, hasn't it? Well, I mean, if, if I go first, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an honor. It's a responsibility also. But I, I hope, uh, I don't want to sort of uh, summarize myself as just, uh, as just a Frenchman. I think we, we, we are in a global world. As my uh, also uh, last name will... Uh, Will, will ring. I'm, I'm not just French. Uh, I, I was. I happen to be born in Paris. Love Paris. Uh, miss Paris actually. Uh, but uh, I have roots from lots of places. Lots, sure. lots of places. And don't forget that I'm also responsible of something like 750 people in UK, uh, yeah. Oxfordshire. Uh, and uh, I don't think you would want them to qualify them French. I'm not sure they would love that. <laughs> Uh, and, I, and I care for them just like I care for uh, the 400 people that we have done there in Viri. I, I care for, for people. I care for, for Renault. I care for that team that uh, in which I've been involved since, uh, since day one, since uh, we bought uh, Lotus F1, uh, from probably being uh, put in, uh, in an administration. So I feel I have huge responsibility, not just to my country, to Renault, to my partner, but also to this group of people. And Esteban, obviously, with uh, being a Frenchman in a French team, you've got Cyril, your boss there, expecting big things from you. Can you use some of the experience that you had at Mercedes with Lewis and Valter, for example, and bring that across to the team? Well, I will respond also to a question from Simon, but um, definitely, uh, you know, for me to um, work with Renault, it was something I was looking for a very long time. Um, as you guys know, I was in the academy, of course, uh, before when it, it was not Renault, but I was part of the Enstone uh, group um, since I'm a kid, since 2010. And I've been spending a lot of time uh, in that factory, seeing the race drivers, seeing the Formula One cars, seeing, uh, you know, the engineers. Um, most of them are still there. Um, and I was just dreaming, you know, of being at that place in the future. In 2016, I was the reserve driver of, of the team of Renault when it came back. 
Um, we've missed each other then for, for a couple of years, um, but finally we're able to work together and I'm really happy with that. Um, then to respond to Johnny, um, yes, last year was, was pretty tough for me, but I've learned uh, a good amount of things. Uh, of course, you know, you need to be professional. Um, you know, when an engineer jumps from one team to another, they have to take a year out, I think. Um, so it's a bit the same for a driver. You know, you can't just uh, go from one team to the other and just stay uh, everything. But of course, there are stuff I can, I can carry. Um, and that hopefully will help the team. Okay, um, so I want to come back to you because you, you talked about the responsibilities that you feel and the, you know, the love you feel to both Viri and to, to Endstone. I, I understand that, but I wonder how heavy the burden of 750,000 people and the cost cap has weighed on, on your shoulders. We've heard from Zach, Christian, uh, Claire on this. What do you feel about the discussions, how they're progressing, the 145 million US, should it be lower? Where, what's, what's Renault's position on this? Well, I think our position has not really, uh, not really changed. Actually, uh, the crisis maybe has given more, uh, more eco, and people have maybe uh, joined up the position that we were defending since, uh, since a while. Um, am I definitely in love with budget cap? Maybe not, but for me, there is absolutely no alternative to fix a problem, a problem that was created uh, more than a decade ago with, uh, with the previous Concord Agreement. Uh, which has really uh, divided uh, Formula One into uh, multiple tiers. It was already the case in the history of Formula One, but not, in my opinion, to such an extent that there is absolutely no prospect to, uh, to join the first tier if you're not part of it uh, at the outset. So uh, something that needed to be done. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, uh, already a few months ago, uh, everyone had agreed for that uh, principle of budget cap at a different level. I think crisis now came came on the top of uh, of it and uh, throwing an awful lot of unknown uh, on uh, the economic environment of Formula One. Not just short term. Short term, there is a huge unknown. Uh, or actually, we start to know. We know it's going to look bad on the short term, very bad. But you know, uh, arguably, budget cap is not going to uh, uh, help with that because budget cap is for later. But I'm afraid that uh, this crisis is going to hit Formula One. Uh, sustainably. Uh, I, I really hope and believe that we can race a game, but uh, we all know that uh, priorities may be uh, reviewed of uh, anyone who's, uh, who's contributing financially to the sport, you know, from uh, the fans to the sponsors, to the broadcasters, to the promoters. Uh, the risk, the value of risk will be reviewed. Uh, I think something that this crisis is showing that uh, was that uh, risk was not properly assessed, you know, in any type of activity, any type of project or in the stock market. Risk will be uh, uh, reevaluated at its uh, uh, right level, and uh, and therefore uh, we may not have access to the same uh, to the same uh, cash flow liquidity as we had before. So I think uh, important uh, decisions need to be taken. Uh, I I hope that they are sufficient, but uh, but frankly, no one knows. So we stand by uh, the budget cap principle. We stand by the figures that are being uh, discussed, floated right now, and I understand that. Uh, uh, vote and, uh, and closure will, will come uh, on this. But I mean, whatever that is, 140, 130, whatever, you know, roughly 150, let's call it 150 uh, for two racing cars uh, racing on, on Sundays, even in, if that's Formula One, that's still an awful lot of technology uh, that you can feature. So uh, I don't see that as uh, shocking uh, to go down from where um, some people are to 150, even if I completely accept uh, the effort it would take from them.
Okay, I, we're going to come to Esteban again in a minute, but I want to press you on this, Cyril, if I could. Renault's involvement in Formula One project, that the project that is the race team, is that dependent entirely on the Concorde and and how we come out of this, uh, how we come out of this situation? Are there a lot more things to to pass, or is the the long term future assured for the race team? team? Well, I don't want to bore you to death with uh, with the corporate <laughs> strategy of Renault. So no, it's really down to a number of factors, but. Uh, if I try to summarize, right now, every single one of those factors right now are pointing in the right direction, whether you're looking at uh, budget cap, but also uh, more uh, uh, reducing containing the arms race on the engine development with, uh, with dyno restriction, uh, but also uh, indeed uh, Concorde with a better uh, money distribution. Uh, so, you know, all of that is, is heading in the right direction. Um, on the basis that we took the decision to join the sport when it was what it is currently, which is Broken is a bit exaggerated, but uh, but clearly with uh, some uh, element to be to be to be fixed and improved. Uh, if 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 all of that is indeed being confirmed as uh, we think it will be, uh, clearly that's uh, that's really putting uh, uh, in a safer place our uh, our commitment to Formula One. Uh, I guess the big unknown, which is a shared unknown for all of us, is really the the actual magnitude of the crisis. Uh, we hope uh, indeed that we can see the light in the next few weeks, in the next few months. If that's confirmed uh, for me, uh, we will be able to, to resume uh, almost normally, even if, again, in my opinion, there will still be some, some collateral, some side effect for multiple of years. Uh, but if the crisis uh, were to, uh, to last for very long, you know, just to give you an example, the, the market in terms of sales, of car sales in France, were 88.8% down last month. So you can very see that uh, if that was to last, yeah. uh, that would be a problem, not, but not just for Formula One, for an awful lot of activities. Sure. Okay. What about drivers? Because that's something you've been very strong on in the past about how we need to maybe cap the budget, budget of drivers. Is that something that's moved forward in any way? We, it's, it's part of the debate. It's part of what's on, on the table with uh, additional complexity of uh, of uh, legality, uh, let's 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 call it. Uh, let's let's be clear about that because we need to make sure it's uh, it's legal in the sense that we need to make sure it's enforceable. Um, we and also the extra complexity that we got. You have some drivers that have already a very long-term contract. Huh? So, so congratulations to Max uh, in in that respect. Uh, but I think we 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 need to. Uh, you know, if we if we need to make exception uh, for a system that would be healthy and important for the sustainability of the sport. I think we need to, we still need to do it. We should not have, like we had a discussion with Daniel before, I mean, we should have, we should not have one given, a given individual, one given situation, current, your current case Max contract or Charles contract with Ferrari to block a process if it is the right process. And we think indeed that bringing a bit of rationality on, on driver's salary uh, when uh, a number of people will be laid off because of the budget cap would make sense. Last one, then. When can we get a decision next week? You think on the cost cap or at least an agreement? Is it is it very very is, you know is it imminent? It's not just my decision, as you know, Simon. No, no, but no, no. I understand that we are in a process that's going to bring some clarity in the course of the months, for okay. sure. Okay, great. Um, Esther, I'll come back to you. Just on we're on no here. Problem. Yeah, sorry about uh, leaving you out there for a moment, but we're obviously important part of the discussions now, right now. Um, but with regards to the drivers, we could be getting, I mean, Chase and Liberty and, and Farmer talking about potentially going to tracks that, that aren't on the calendar. Should it, should it suit? I mean, 
you know, the list is endless. It could be Jerez, we could have Valencia, Estoril, you know, you name it. We, we, we could be getting some of these. How, does that excite you, actually? Just, uh, you know, different tracks. You know, who, who knows where we could be going? Well, I, I was not aware. You tell me uh, a news there. So uh, <laughs> yeah. um, that would be fantastic, you know. Um, of course, to, to discover new tracks. Uh, it's not really new tracks, but it's tracks that are uh, probably historical. If, if we could get back to something like that, it would be fantastic, definitely. Uh, I heard also a lot of stuff like going backwards on some tracks and, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like Silverstone <laughs> on the other way. Uh, I don't know if, if that's possible, but, no. you know, any way, any way possible to restart racing, I'm happy anyway. So let's do it. <laughs> yeah. sure. What about, you talk about bonds there, what about bonds with drivers on the eSport side of things? Because that was something I know you was involved with sort of originally. How, how do you think I saw that? that how <laughs> pop, popular has that been? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's getting very serious. I mean, the level is extremely high. I've done a couple of races myself. Um, it's, been, it's been fun, but it takes you a lot of times because, uh, of course, testing is not restricted. So uh, you spend yeah, hours uh, doing that and you don't see you know, the light um, when you prepare a race. But, uh, but no, it's fantastic. It helps you to just um, you know, stay quick uh, in your mind, stay, uh, have the good reactions, of course. Uh, the good racing spirit and competition you know that's what we we love as a, as athlete and as sportsman so um it's definitely yeah great and it's a great time to be uh let's say in lockdown 30 years ago uh, i don't know what we would have done uh, as racing drivers and what about uh the relationships between all the drivers because when i hear you talking online it seems as if the bond's actually been been stronger than what it was beforehand what do you mean sorry the, the bond between each driver because when you're yes. talking to each other it sounds as if you are the best of pals has that changed in any way <laughs> well I, I think there is a good uh, there is a good uh, bunch of drivers you know actually that are just talking having fun you know of course we're all having fun together we all speak together um, but once it comes to the right lap in qualifying I mean no one is talking so it's still <laughs> the same you know it's still we still want to be on top of the other one and that's normal Brilliant stuff. We, look, we, we were asking for, for lots of questions uh, from the public to you guys. We've got, we got a few, but Cyril, there was, you got about 10 from one, one lady called Joanne. I don't know if you're aware of her. She, she's a massive fan. She says, do you like her Team Cyril banner? She's got a letter she wants to send to you. When are you going to be at very next? And uh, will you be taking part of her dress? I, look, I hope I'm you know, not embarrassing you, but I think, I think you might have a fan there in Joanne. I, I think I do. I think I do, absolutely. But I know Joanne, and hi, Joanne. I hope you're, you're keeping well with the family. Yeah, she is. Thank you, guys. Listen, uh, a pleasure. Just to, before we go, um, what are we thinking? Everyone gearing up for Austria. Yeah, that's, that, that's the focus. We're all hoping we're going to be there, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, certainly what we understand from Formula One. That's the plan that we are making. We still have uh, a couple of gaps to fill from a logistic perspective and uh, an health and safety perspective, but uh, we're certainly... Uh, fully supportive of that, uh, of that prospect and of that plan. Yeah, Esther Bann, are you going to be ready for that? I'm sure you are, aren't you? Fingers crossed we're going to be there. But uh, yes, if, if we restart tomorrow, I'm ready. You know, I've been waiting for that time since uh, a lot of time, more than any other drivers on the grid. So yeah, I can't wait.
<laughs> yeah. God, yeah, I hope it works out for you when we get there. I really do. Thank you. It's been a long time coming. Esteban, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate Pleasure. it. Cyril was saying, and to you, Johnny, thanks uh, for your time. Just to uh, point you in the direction of a couple of things coming away this week. In the eSports race, I'm a Man City fan, so I've got to say I'm, I'll be rooting for Sergio Aguero because he's going to be racing uh, the weekend. And keep an eye out for the next live F1 show on Monday. Plus, we've got lots of programming next week. Uh, in accordance with the 70th anniversary of Formula One. So some special programming there. Thanks to our friends, as I said, across the channel. We will see you on Monday. From all here, bye-bye. Thank you.